0: Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you're looking for any type of batteries, whether it's for your truck, your car, your trail cameras, your rangefinder, stop into a local interstate batteries retail location. There are thousands upon thousands of them all over the United States. Talk with a battery specialist and get the batteries that you need to go on with your life. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable
1: my name is Clay Newcomb and I'm the host of the bear hunting magazine podcast I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness the bear we'll talk about tactics gear conservation but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bear This week, we have Josh K. Wood and James Brandenburg, the backcountry hunters and anglers. We talk about that organization. We even dig a little bit into the nitty-gritty. Fun conversation with these guys. You're going to enjoy it. Our partners, W Hunting Supply. They're ready for you. They're ready for your call. They're ready for your order for whatever you need when it comes to dog-related stuff. It's getting to be wintertime, and that's when a lot of hound-related, dog-related activities are taking place like us. We're about to start squirrel hunting and coon hunting a lot. W, they're one of the biggest distributors for Garmin in the country. They have the new Garmin Alpha 200i, and they have everything that you need for any hound or dog related activity, check out our friends, Buddy Woodbury and his team at W Hunting Supply. There's still several muzzleloader seasons going on right now and will continue to go on throughout the rest of the year. If you're looking for a muzzleloader, check out CVA muzzleloaders. They're making the best muzzleloaders on the market What I like most about my CVA, Acura Mountain Rifle, is that it's a breakover gun with a removable breech plug that you don't need a tool to remove. You're in the field, you need to check and see if your gun's loaded. You're in the field and you need to reload. Maybe you feel like your powder got wet. That happened to me the other day. I was in a torrential downpour for several hours with a muzzleloader. The next time I hunted, I was fearful that the powder would be wet. So I removed the breech plug by hand in the field. Turns out, the powder was not wet. It was perfectly dry. The gun would have fired perfectly. But it gave me peace of mind to know that the powder was dry. CVA, they have an incredible guarantee on all their guns. Check them out. Northwoods Bear Products. Most of the bear baiting seasons are over right now even though I have one- time baited bears in November here in Arkansas. But if you're getting ready for spring, whatever you're doing. Northwood's bear products, they make the highest quality commercial bear scent that you could that you could use. It makes your scent extremely potent, makes your baits loud and it draws in more bears than any natural food could check out our buddies at northwood's bear products josh kwood we've got josh kwood here to my uh to my northeast here (laughs) need to get out my compass james Brandenburg here to my right um what are you guys doing james why are you at the global headquarters
2: Oh, we wanted to mess up your deer hunting for the day. Well, you you did that. (laughs) (laughs) No, hey, Josh is with,
1: you work full-time for Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Yes, sir. Yeah, and then James, you're the... Arkansas Chapter Chair. Arkansas Chapter Chair of the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Yep. So, yeah, so I I just want to, Josh, this is a unique situation in the podcast because I hardly know you at all. Yeah. And we were standing outside the door. And I was like, "Don't tell me anything about yourself. Don't tell me where you're from. Don't tell me because I wanted to do it here. So this is a good this is a good way to to get to know who you are because you work full time for Backcountry Hunters and Anglers.
3: Yes, sir. So I'm the Southeast Chapter Coordinator uh, for Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. So I cover Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, um, North Carolina, South Carolina, and then what's left of the Southeast Chapter now, which is." Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana.
1: So before I ask you like, what you do, give just a general overview of backcountry hunters and anglers. Yeah.
3: The way I like to think about it is we are, uh, we're we a nonprofit focused on preserving public land and access for sportsmen and sportswomen. So we want to make sure that folks have a place to go hunt and fish and that there's ample habitat to
1: support the game and fish that they're pursuing. Yeah. So so uh, access access is huge. That's that's your main that's your main focus. Yes, sir. Main focus. Yeah, that's gonna come up later in our conversation, I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Because all these big national groups have focuses. Yep. There's in and, and all of them are so important and critical for this big picture that we're really all trying to achieve, which I think is long term, mm-hmm. high quality hunting and fishing access for generations to come. Yep. I mean, sustainable, long-term. That's what, I think that's what Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation wants. I think that's what BHA wants. Mm -hmm. I think that's what SCI wants. I think that's what Boone and Crockett wants. That's what National Wild Turkey Federation wants. Absolutely. Everybody's got their own place. Yep. Hold that thought in your mind because we're going to come back to that. Got it. Yep. But, so, uh, how long have you been working for BHA?
3: About three years now. So, Three years. yeah, I was, uh, the chapter chair and one of the original founding members of the Southeast chapter and the time came up to jump on board and, I uh, I said, yeah, I'd love to be the
1: cha- uh, the chapter coordinator. And, so the job just came available Yep, on the BHA.com.
3: Yeah, I'm just kinda, kidding. That's not their no, website. No, it's, it's literally old <laughs> backcountryhunters.org. But yeah, I mean, you know, So old Toss Doublefield sent an email out saying that they were, looking, they were for, looking
1: for a full-time position.
3: Yep, and I applied just randomly. I, I just became obsessed with the mission um, hmm. and was working in healthcare and said, you know what, maybe I could make a switch.
1: That was going to be my next question. What were you doing before that?
3: Yeah, so I was in, uh, I was at a, like a healthcare consulting uh, group that kind of did, uh, large population market research. So okay. kind of like impacts on. Sounds thrilling. It was actually super interesting. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it wasn't as cool as what I'm doing I'm now. I'm kidding. It actually does sound interesting. If right. you, if
2: you um, like to study stuff, you know, I guess it would be interesting. Yeah. If you like to hunt and fish, maybe not.
1: Yeah. So where true. did you, where do you live now? I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Is that where you're from? No, I'm
3: from a, like just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And I've kind of like a uh I'm kind of a mutt of the south. So I've lived in West Tennessee, I've lived in uh kind of North Georgia, Mississippi. So I'm kind of Okay. all over the place. What
2: took you
1: to all those different places? Just School, like growing
3: jobs, up, you know. Okay. Just moving around for different different things here and there and just falling in love with the south and specifically for what I would consider the deep south.
1: Yeah. So. So what? Uh, why did you have to move to Chattanooga?
3: Job. I, I mean, you uh, yeah. needed to be right there. I got recruited to uh, help start a healthcare technology company. Okay,
1: so BHA didn't move you to Chattanooga.
3: No, no, no. So I got gotcha. recruited. So you Mas- were
1: just there and yep. you were able to stay there. Yes, sir. Yeah. I okay. love it. Okay. There's yeah. pretty good hunting and fishing there around Chattanooga.
3: Uh, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of public land all around. we got Cherokee National Forest, Chattahoochee National Forest, Nantahala. Um, I live, my backyard basically backs up to a big state forest, 24,000 acres. Um, What
1: country song, uh, has made Chattanooga like an iconic Southern city? It's, it's ringing in my head. I think
3: it's a, I think it's an old, uh, like, uh, jazz song, the Chattanooga Choo Choo or kind of like,
1: okay, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just, just trying to clear this up in my mind that's all I could think about <laughs> for just a minute there which is totally irrelevant but okay so um so what kind of what kind of hunting do you do my main thing is uh waterfowl hunting really? so
3: um I, I I picked that up in Mississippi and now I basically spend December and January in Mississippi
1: ah uh, Mississippi
3: the Delta so kind of Northwest Mississippi uh, you
1: said you you're you 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 love the deep South. Yes. Okay. People that meet me that are from like anywhere north of here mm-hmm. think that I live in the deep South. Right. I no. do not. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I do take, I mean, I do enjoy being from the South and like take pride in that I live in the South. Cause I, we do don't we James? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but we don't live in the deep South. No, this, this is, this is uh upland southern culture that would be the technical description of the ozarks the appalachians mm-hmm. the washtals highland southern culture is very different than what i think you're talking about yeah deep south because deep south stuff would be it's like, a cultural shift and it, it would all yeah. have to do with the geographic features of the region sure i mean like in arkansas there would be a very very distinct divide. Yeah, I mean right. like you could like your your seven year old could be like, okay, now we're in the deep south.
3: You can tell <laughs> you can tell the moment you drive down a basically a hill. Yep. Your your stomach drops out and then you are in the deep south. Yeah. And, and it, everything it, changes.
1: It would be categorized by agriculture, mm-hmm. flatlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, country, mm-hmm. big rivers, Mississippi Delta, and there's yep. a lot of other big rivers beside the Mississippi, but sure. what do you, what do you, what draws you, you said you like that. What is uh, it? Is it the waterfowl hunting?
3: It's the waterfowl hunting. It's the culture. It's the food. It's the community. It's the slower pace of life. It's all of those things. I mean, being an obsessive waterfowler doesn't hurt to fall in love with that, <laughs> but, um, and i and listen, I love the South. I live in what's, would be. Basically, be considered the Appalachians now, or Appalachians. Okay. You know, people get mad about how people say that, but
1: I'm still undecided. Yeah, on what I'm comfortable with saying, if saying Appalachian, because when I was over there, I had a couple of guys that should know tell me to say Appalachian. Yeah, but then I they I heard them say it, and they didn't say it like that. Hmm. So anyway, it's a, it's a point of controversy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, it is.
3: But yeah, man, I, I I I do, and I would say like you. You definitely have the Deep South here in Arkansas, right? And yeah. that probably starts somewhere in the Delta. I mean, I think Little Rock would be definitely like Absolutely. a hard, hard, you know, starting point yeah. for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Arkansas would be like if if Arkansas were a square, it would you know if you drew a line from the northeast corner to the southwest corner of that square, for the most part, everything in the southeast side of Arkansas would be in the southeast section of that square would mm-hmm. be heavily influenced by mississippi river delta Mm -hmm. stuff agriculture yep you know timber which would be vastly different than where we're at right here in the ozarks you know Mm -hmm. have you uh, your most exposure would have been hunting with over in
2: brinkley Mm -hmm.
1: with jonathan is that right have you ever
2: spent any time down there not really i mean i've driven through there a few times but haven't spent a lot of time over there so um uh, people that I've gotten to know from from that side of the state, though, uh, I just I just love their passion for where they live. It's just like up here; like we're all proud to live in the mountains, and they're all proud to live in the delta. And I yeah. think uh people have pride in where they live, they take care of it, they fight for it. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to spending more time over there in this role with BHA that I have. And just getting to know more about how things work over there and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, it, I I bought waders, like actual duck waders for this year. <laughs> so like last year, I was just duck hunting in my fishing waders. This year, I've actually got, got real duck waders. Real duck waders, yeah. That's, that's a big move. <laughs> that's a big step, man. I know. I know. I'm not sure if I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: Josh, are you married? I am. Yep. Have children or anything? Yes, sir. I got a, I got a
3: year and a half year old uh, daughter, and then I got a boy on the way.
1: Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Congratulations.
3: In fact, uh, he mentioned that your dog's name is Timber, and I'm thinking about naming my son Timber.
1: So. <laughs> okay. Well, scratch that from the podcast yeah. so his wife doesn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> my son's name is Bear, and like... Fifteen percent of the people that I meet that don't know me, mm-hmm. they're like, "Man, I had a dog named Bear." <laughs> and I'm like, "Thanks, man." <laughs> and it turns out I actually had a dog named Bear too when I was young. <laughs> I
2: don't tell people that though. Did you tell Misty that?
1: No, I don't know that ever. I honestly don't know that I ever did because it was such a it, it. It's a dog that I think I remember through my father because I think I was too young to actually remember the yeah, dog. Okay. I think there's pictures. Of the dog okay so i don't really think i have real memories of (laughs) bear the dog so that doesn't count okay that's why it's not in my like real functional memory you get a pass yeah (laughs) uh so i i was trying to get a little background there to tell me what you do on like a day-to-day basis with bha
3: yeah my job is basically to facilitate um anything that any of my chapter boards are working on. So that could be kind of punching out an email for them so that they can send that out to their chapter to working on various issues at like a state or federal level with the state legislator or the, you know, uh US legislator.
1: So how many chapters are there in the Southeast that you kind of manage?
3: I manage seven.
1: Seven. Where are they at?
3: Georgia, Florida, um Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Arkansas, and then the Southeast chapter would be, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana.
1: Okay. Yep. Cool. So that's, that's a lot of work, huh?
2: That's getting (laughs)
3: to be. It started off as a cush job. I was able to go hunting and fishing whenever I wanted, and now I'm sitting in Arkansas instead of my deer blind.
2: We keep picking fights for him to help us out with. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so when I first became
1: familiar with BHA and, and, and James as well, you know, one thing I think James and I have talked about is sometimes in the, in this part of the world, there seems to be less public land issues or, or there, there would seem mm-hmm. to be on the surface anyway, because some of the stuff out West is really kind right. of headline dominating in your face, big moves, you know, like some state wanting to sell off a couple hundred thousand acres of public land or something or some senators saying they're going to do this or that. We don't have as much of that here. Mm-mm. So c- tell me some of the, the issues going on. It, I guess in the Southeast, that would be a good, that would be a good uh, starting point or even why you're here today.
3: For sure. So um, well, I'll, I'll end on why I'm here today, but I guess one big thing would be like in Louisiana, um, you're seeing kind of a a access to the water, being taken away from the Hmm. public um specifically the marsh and the coast there and there's all sorts of tricky reasons as to why that's happening but that's you know a really really massive amount of kind of what do you mean by
1: that like literally like
3: like you cannot drive a boat. boat ramps. you cannot you cannot drive a boat on what would in all intents and purposes at this point be considered the ocean because you are on somebody's property, because the water, the water bottom, um, most most of the times on the coast, you would you would like an oil company would own the the bottom. Well, the mineral rights are attached to the surface in Louisiana, so surface hmm. rights, and that is there for a variety of reasons. But um, the the big problem with that is. We're losing a tremendous amount of the marsh in Louisiana. It's like, you know, the statistic is like a football field every 90 minutes of marshland. And that, so
1: that are being lost to access.
3: No, that, 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 that marsh grass is disappearing. Okay. It's so we're away. not, we're and, talking
1: about an environmental issue. Yeah, and
3: then that is now just water. So, okay, so okay. what used to be kind of dry ground at one point is now water and you, theoretically, would not be able to drive a boat over that water. Because I it's see, still okay.
2: technically private. Yep. Right? It'd be like up here, like when they flooded the, the land to Make Beaver Lake, it's like the guy who used to own the bottom of the river there coming back and saying, hey, you can't drive your bass boat over this because I own the okay, bottom of the river. It would be lake. like
1: looking at your Onyx maps and seeing the property line in the water being here, but the water is... is- Encroach? I mean, like it's
3: it's com- it's completely taken over. I mean,
1: that land has disappeared. Wow! And so, and it, so, so the, the property owners are saying, "Hey, we own out you know a hundred yards out into that body of water." Oh no, they're like ten miles. Oh wow! Uh,
3: to a point where you okay, could take. I understand what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, you could take like a you know a center console with two two twenty fives on the back of it and drive as fast as you can for an hour, and be on po- on private land.
1: So at one point in memorable history that yeah. would have been dry ground. Last year. So what's happening with that? Just uh sea level rise? What's- uh
3: it's a variety of things. So one would argue that sea level rises is contributing to that. Another problem is you have subsidence so the land itself is actually sinking.
1: Okay. I was about to make a joke and I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Louisiana is sinking. <laughs> well, Louisiana but it's is not little, a joke. Yeah, it's no, true.
3: It's not a joke. And then um they dug oil canals or not oil canals, but canals to get the oil container ships into port more effectively. And they, they dug those in a straight line. And so all these hurricanes you're seeing, well, the storm surge pushes pushes that that water water down those canals and it just kills that marsh grass, floods it. And that marsh grass doesn't have the time or the ability to grow back. They don't have the ability to grow back because we took the Mississippi river and we levied it off before we levied off that river. It used to be like you let a garden hose loose, and it would just kind of shift and spray all oh, over the place and take all that sediment from you know, basically Canada all the way down, and it would disperse it into the Gulf of Mexico there, and that's what kept that marsh grass alive.
1: We don't have that anymore. I see, because now we've contained the river so tight, it doesn't do its natural yep. flood stage and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you think about, like, the levying of the Mississippi River, it seems like, oh, well, that's, hap- that's been going on for forever. But it's been going on for maybe a hundred years, right? Which, when you think about geologic time, mm-hmm. not too long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like a a millisecond, right? Yep. of time. And so you think about the eco. I I I never. I, I was not aware of these issues. Huh? Yeah. So what's BHA doing with stuff like that?
3: We are trying to find a solution that fits all the parties, like the so oil... that
1: you can still go fishing up on the bank.
3: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I so mean, I can... mean,
1: like drive a boat. Yeah. Into so you can drive a boat,
3: that. so you can go out there and duck hunt, so you can fish. I mean, there's all sorts of people that have interests, but you know, we don't want people to lose their rights to their minerals. Obviously, that's a big oil producing part of the country and other things as well. Yeah. Um, but it's uh you know, it's incredibly controversial in the state, and we're just trying to help we're we're trying to play a facilitator role to bring all those different parties together to find a solution that works, yeah, and so that the common guy wow. can still take a sun fishing
1: there you go so what other what other issues would there be in there? that's a that's a great example of uh, that I would not have really been aware of that mm-hmm. shows the kind of stuff that you guys are working in.
3: Yeah. I mean, we, we're doing things in Florida. Um, we've commented on trying to get, uh, uh, the hunting of black bear in Florida, you know, Yeah. back. Um, so our chapter down there is kind of slowly poking around on that and beginning to build the right relationships. And hopefully that's something we'll see here in the near term future. Um, uh, and, then most recently here i'm in arkansas working on this pine tree research station issue yeah and uh that's been a, a very exciting project for us and it's really helped out the arkansas chapter here
1: yeah so we did a whole podcast james and i did on yep. that but give me like a like a 25 second uh synopsis for someone who hadn't heard about that
2: yep uh, the university of arkansas owns eleven thousand eight hundred fifty acres over in eastern arkansas it's a research station they bought from the Forest Service back in the '60s. It's uh, been managed. It's supposed to remain open for public use. Um, the land is supposed to be re- is supposed to remain used for the public. Right. They've allowed hunting and fishing on that for a long time, like seventy years. Uh, it's not not seventy years, but a long, quite a long time. Okay, and. Um, They have a contract in place to sell that land to a private entity. Some of it, sixty three hundred acres, that would then that portion would cease to be in public use, which is a violation of the deed, the original deed. Yep. And so, I mean, what we're working on on that is trying to find a solution that keeps that land public. Uh, Like we've talked about, if the university needs to sell that land to fund other priorities. Let's find another way to make that happen that keeps that land public. Yeah. It was it was purchased by the federal government during the depression in order to conserve the land, to rehabilitate farmland that had been degraded just because it was marginal to start off with. And it's now great wildlife habitat. Yeah. And we want to see it stay that way and available to the public as it has been public land now for close to 90 years wow you know 80 80 to 85 years it's been public yeah. land so we wanted to stay that so way.
1: you guys are advocating for a solution yep. to not sell that land yep yeah yep. Or, or someone buy it that stays can, public that yep. it stays public yep. yep yeah
3: so that's what puts me in the seat today but
1: So you're in Arkansas dealing with some of that stuff. Yep. Yep. Good. Excited to be here. Good. Well, great. Anybody that's been paying much attention to BHA, it it, it blew my mind. When I first started hearing about BHA, I went and joined the organization, got involved with them, and then all of a sudden I started getting private messages from a few people Mm -hmm. saying, hey, don't you know that BHA is... And I mean, I'm just going to say it because it, it's on the internet, so we might as well say it <laughs> because we're going to talk about why. I mean, to me, it's just a ridiculous kind of conspiracy <laughs> theory. And I've got some data because I promise you, I've scrutinized this organization <laughs> and I have tried to find somebody that could actually tell me why these terrible things were true. Mm-hmm. But I mean people saying that BHA was a what was it, a green decoy? Green decoy. So a green decoy, for yeah. someone who wouldn't understand the analogy, a green decoy would be a left wing environmental group mm-hmm. that would that would cloak itself as a hunter sportsman led mm-hmm. group that would try to like woo all these sportsmen and come in as like the hunter <laughs> kid and then Turn the table at some point, or in the back room, begin to navigate legislation and stuff mm-hmm. in the favor of anti-hunting sentiment. Yes. I mean that it's it's not like we're trying to hide that people say that. No, people do, yeah. and yeah. it's in in um, do you guys have any ideas on where or why some of this would have come up?
3: Well, I mean, we've made enemies. We we've made people mad, and 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 those some of those folks have a vested interest in um, creating a narrative to to weaken us. And yeah. that you know, there's public relation groups f- that have you know been commissioned to write those articles about us and create that narrative. Um, and that's you know, I think somewhat public, pretty public knowledge to like the BHA like hardcore dudes. So we know that. Some of that has happened. That actually took place. Uh, I don't know, maybe like five years ago, before I came on to BHA. That that whole kind of narrative creation thing. But we've been dealing with it ever since. It's one of those things that kind of lives on the internet. In fact, when my when I told my dad I was moving my career to BHA, he like Googled and found that. And he was like, "Well, I think they're a bunch of liberal anti anti hunting." You know, <laughs> good, your dad said that. Huh? And oh, I was like, man. "No, no, no, I don't think so, man. I mean." Yeah, you just hang out with some of these guys. I mean, hang out with the guys that work at BHA, and I mean, you know Ty Stubblefield. Yeah, that dude kills a lot of stuff. You know. Yeah. And and one of our main initiatives is an R three program, which is we want to create more hunters. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that being too, you know, anti-hunting friendly.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I went to, I went to the BHA Rendezvous booth three years ago, and I mean. If you could go to that rendezvous and say that this was an anti-hunting group, you'd, you'd, I don't know, you'd have to, you'd have to have a pretty strong warp on what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think BHA has done things different. Yep. I mean, like for instance, at that BHA, and this is a great thing to bring up. Obviously, this is all public knowledge. They had Yvonne Chenard yep. speaking there. Yep. Man, when I saw the founder of Patagonia, a multi-billion-dollar Massive global player in the outdoor industry, mm-hmm. sitting in front of 1,500 hunters, saying that he was on our side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, This is good. Yeah. No, this is the guy you want on your team. I came back from that rendezvous after I made a video about it, and I had people email me and say, Clay, you are the representative of bear hunters across this country. I cannot believe that you would put your stamp of approval on Yvonne Chenard. He said, do you not know... I mean, this is almost word for word. I mean, it's like branded in my mind, what this guy said. He said, do you not know that Yvonne Chouinard... Am I saying his name right? <laughs> is, uh is for, not for delisting Yellowstone Grizzlies? <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that Chenard right. doesn't want... I mean, he is not... He is not totally on our page. No. Right. We're not totally on his page, but yeah. we've BHA has a good a good way of coming together to work with people that we do have some common ground with. Yeah. And that spooks people that are of a mindset of polarization like them and us. Mm-hmm. And and I and I could be in that camp in certain places. I'm not saying I mean there's some places you you can't compromise. Right. Like so I'm not saying that we need to make friends with you know somebody that's going to hurt us, mm-hmm. but I, I that's that this guy just was like Clay, you you're betraying predator hunting yeah. by saying that Yvonne Chenard is a friend of ours, and I just fundamentally disagree with that.
3: Yeah, no, listen, I do too, and I know a few of the folks inside of Patagonia. I've done some stuff with them. the The main guy for all the retail stores in uh, the East, he is the next moose hunting guy in Maine. I mean, so like inside of Patagonia, there's disagreements, right? Yeah. But, you know, we can, we can, um, we can agree on 80% and disagree on 20%. And if we can advance, you know, public land, public land hunting, like I'm, I'm willing to take that risk.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big thing. Um, I heard, uh, so there was a, there was a, A podcast, a well-known podcast, and the host had a guy on that was like kind of a BHA guy that had a lot of background in why BHA was like this anti-hunting group. Mm -hmm. When I heard that this was happening, I went to that podcast and was like, great, here we go. Now I'm going to be able to call James and say, I told you, James. (laughs) Get me out of here. And I listened to that podcast, and I did not—I mean— everything that was said was speculative yep i mean there was nothing i was shocked yeah. that there was nothing of to, in my opinion of deep substance and there's all this stuff about funding yep i mean like, I, I i could nerd out about it all people can do their own research but you know there's there's this thing that, you know, they get money from the Wilberforce Foundation. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, you can go look up Wilberforce Foundation and you'll find that they give money to a whole bunch of people. Yep. They give money to a bunch of people that we probably don't agree with at all. Mm-hmm. But they also give a bunch of money to people that we do agree with. Absolutely. And BHA is not entirely funded by the Wilberforce no. Foundation. Small percentage. And I mean, pretty much that was the main thing is is they were saying follow the money. These guys mm-hmm. are getting money from anti-hunting groups. Yep. And you go and look. You can there's you can do research and find out all the money that Wilberforce dishes out. There's a bunch of other hunting oh, yeah. conservation groups that get money from them. Yep. If they called me tomorrow and said Clay, we want to give Bear Hunting Magazine some money, uh, <laughs> I would listen to them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it, it, well, you it, ask them
2: what like. What kind of strings are attached to it and and then you go from there I mean I just this whole uh, the polarization thing is what just blows me away. It's like we all gotta lock arms and march together, all agreeing on every single thing, and that's not the way the world works. I mean clay the the twelve disciples couldn't all agree on everything, yeah I mean. We we need diversity of opinions. Yeah. We need diversity of funding. We need diversity of goals. This yeah. is what makes us America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would really I'm just kind of curious. I would like to hear somebody say what their motivations are for trying to tear BHA down. Right. Oh uh, like, yeah, there's
3: motivations for sure. I don't wanna like speculate on that, but those speculations aren't hard to make. Yeah. Um, and I'm a huge fan of that podcast and I run all that dude's gear. Um, so like I, uh, like I said earlier, like
1: if we're an anti-hunting organization, we're doing it wrong. Hey, well he, uh, and he's my friend too. Yeah. He, he had Land and Ryan yeah. on too. Yep. Ryan, uh, or who, who did he uh, have? He had uh, Land Tawny. Land Tawny and uh, Ryan Bussy. Yeah. Ryan Bussey <laughs> and, on there. Uh, from,
3: from Kimber. And he used to be our chair. He's now... No longer the chair of our North
1: American board, okay. but uh, and I appreciated that he did that because cause he had a, a podcast about you know all the cons you know all the uh, alternative ideas about BHA, mm-hmm. and then he had these guys on, he did a great job, yeah. I, yeah. I, so yep. I commend him for that. Um, to me, this is really important because mm-hmm. you know, like somebody isn't familiar with BHA. And they hear this, it all sounds great. And then the first time they get a whiff of something, it kind of spooks them. That's the way it's happened with some of my friends. Right. And uh, and that's what would have happened with me if I hadn't dug a little bit deeper. Right. And I want to give a okay, here's the other thing that specifically people have talked to me about because of my my background in history mm-hmm. is people have said they're anti predator hunting. Okay, that's what they've said to me. Mm-hmm. BHA is anti predator hunting. Mm. Well, many things. I have seen multiple places where BHA has advocated for bear hunting. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just brought it up a minute ago, the chapter in Florida. They were the guys that contacted me and got me on a podcast down in Florida. Mm -hmm. BHA guys hooked me up with some (laughs) legitimate Florida-wide fishing hunting podcast, Mm -hmm. got me on that. BHA is – now, I know there's lots of great groups, SCI, Sportsman's Alliance, that are working on this New Jersey thing, too. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not saying that BHA is the only one working. But BHA has a – they wrote an article, had a petition, uh, you know, standing against – this governor that has said he's going to shut down bear hunting in New Jersey, going mm-hmm. against science, going against all the data, going against all the biologists. And, uh, you know, BHA standing there saying, hey, we're fighting for a bear hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I had people uh, – well, let, let me get to my personal story. So during a time when I was still – and I'm just going to be real open here because I, I I got nothing to, nothing to hide about it. When I was – I wasn't on the fence at all about BHA – but uh, I met Hal Herring, yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I honestly going to meet Hal. I went to spend a couple of days with him, and I knew very little about him. I just knew he worked for BHA and did their podcast, and was kind of like a pretty big voice for BHA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't go over there to be on his podcast, like that. That was not. I mean, that wasn't the only reason that I went. Um, but when I when I went there, I mean. I'm. I run. I don't know if y'all have heard of it, but I publish a magazine called Bear Hunting Magazine. Yeah, I've heard of it. And and I so I am pro predator hunting, <laughs> pro mountain lion hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, all within the bounds of science and such. Sure. And uh, Hal Herring told me he said that he talked to some of the head leaders at BHA and told them he was going to be in camp with me, and they said get Clay on the podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what he told but, me. What I mean, but it was to get you on the podcast and get you in a gotcha moment, right? Yeah. They were trying to <laughs> trap you, exactly. Trying to decoy, decoy you in.
1: Yeah, yeah. So all I was saying, if they're an anti-hunting, anti-predator group, they're doing a bad job because they, they, uh, yeah. But okay, here's here's the thing though. They're doing a bad job at that because they're 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 doing so much. I think I mean pro all these things we're talking. About. But here's the here's the thing, is that when I made a post the other day about BHA in the New Jersey petition, uh-huh. there was a guy on there and you said something to him, James, that said, Well, I wonder why the national BHA isn't saying something. Yep. And he he was clearly saying that, you know, there was some there was some reason no. why national wasn't getting on. And it was and I got on there and said, Man, all these different groups have different lanes. I said, you know, BHA primarily does access, mm-hmm. land access. Yep. that's the main thing. That's I mean, our bread and butter. BHA is not. That- We're also
3: small, right? So it's hard for us to get outside of that lane and be effective. And 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 when we do get outside of our lane, that can bog us down and detract from our main mission. Right. So right.
1: so it's just it's just it's business. It's it's staying on mission. Yep. And no, go
3: ahead. Oh, I think I think you're you're on the right path, and and uh, at the end of the day, too, the one of the reasons why you know you might not see something out of the North American organization as a whole is we our job is to back our chapters, right? So we back the work that our chapters are doing. We're a we're a led from the ground up. Yeah, we're not a top down organization. Our yeah. guys going pick the fights and or girls and yeah and whenever they got something that they want to engage in on something like you know in, in in florida or new jersey which i'm not terribly familiar with i apologize but you know our job my job at that point is all right let's make this happen let's put in the work let's organize and you guys now have all of our resources yeah so and james you made a
2: great point what was that yeah my point is is that as a chapter leader that's amazingly empowering to me to know that i'm here on the ground in this state and the our members here in this state if they have an issue that's important to them it's important then to our national organization it's it's empowering in so many ways um, as chapter leaders, to be able to pick those fights and not have it dictated to us um, that we need to get on board with this or get on board with that. Right. Are there national issues that we all work together on? Yes. Great American Outdoors Act, Land and Water Conservation Fund, yeah. these big national things, yes. Well, and in, in, in the point that you made to me
1: that was I thought was so strong into this guy that made that comment was that, Local issues are handled locally. Right. National issues are handled nationally. Absolutely. So, I mean, this was a statewide issue in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, I mean, like, structurally, the organization is not designed for BHA National. Right. I mean, just the way it's just lined up. Right. It's, It's lined up so that the BHA New Jersey is fighting that fight and obviously that's been sent out nationally and mm-hmm. and there's been support coming in nationally from right. that.
3: We'll do but, our best to promote it, you know. That's yeah. that's our job. And
1: So it wasn't a conspiracy to actually make Bear Hunting go away in New Jersey? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Not that I know. Of. <laughs> that was that, that was <laughs> my that comment. <laughs> uh, that was my comment to the guy that made the question. I said, "It sounds to me like you're upset at BHA for taking a stance, public stance against Ending a bear hunt, saying we're pro bear hunting sounds to me yeah. like you're mad at them for that, and f- thinking mad, that mad at the method rather than I mean, you just know. it didn't make sense. Anyway, I realize I am going on and on about this, and that's no, y'all, love didn't, it. y'all didn't come here to talk about this, but I think it's a major issue. I, I mean, I, I think it's a fly in the ointment, and and man, I'm not sitting here saying that. I mean, I am equally as... I mean, I love Sportsmen's Alliance. I mm-hmm. love SCI. Sure, it, like there's a ton of groups that I'm passionate about. That if I had a good connection to, would probably be sitting here too. Yeah, you know. Um, so I mean, it's not like you have to be like if you're a BHA guy, then that's all you are. No, that, that, that's what people feel like. That's mm. what I feel like. People, yeah. If you identify yourself at all with an organization, then then that's like.
2: Well, we can't get our identities so wrapped up in each one of these little groups. You know, people get so wrapped up in whatever the label is that they want to put on themselves. And I love BHA. I work hard for BHA. I love the diversity of opinions and people and things that we can do that are focused. I mean, it's diverse, but it's focused in a specific lane. And we were literally today amongst my board members talking about how blessed we feel to have found each other to work together with. I'm sure there's other organizations that have those exact same things, yeah. but we weren't talking about, you know, the, the how we were going to take down hunting and fishing. We were talking about, we found people who like to hunt and fish the means or the the places, the ideals that we all hold common and we were so happy to find a place where we could do that work. Yeah. You know, that's what we like to do. Man, if you like to if your deal is cold water fishing for wild and native trout, trout unlimited. It it whatever it is. But just because you're a member of that one group you don't have to throw rocks at all the other ones yeah. either and and that's yeah. what that's what I'm so glad that I think is just different amongst the people that I work with right. in BHA yeah and and you know
3: we can kind of get focused on these loud kind of trolls you know right. that are talking smack but they they're a small percentage right yeah i think most people out there
1: yeah, it's it's unfortunate that that this is like such a in my in my mind anyway. It's a it's a big thing cuz I just yeah. hear it and I'm sensitive to it. But
3: It's a big thing in the South, man. I mean, we we we've, we've well, been dealing with it
1: since day one. Okay, here's here's the other thing I want to like publicly acknowledge is that the other reason that people think or, or ha- could think that BHA is some, you know, you know, left-wing anti-hunting group is BHA is an and I'm gonna say the E word. Do y'all know what the E word is? Oh. Environmental. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's what's bizarre about the modern divides inside of politics. Mm-hmm. That you know, if you're a hunter and fisherman, you know, you're you're just the way that the politics line up. Yeah. To be on this side of the aisle means that you are not an environmentalist. Right. You know, and right. so it's like, <laughs> but we are hunters and I mean, like we we our passion is wild places, mm-hmm. going to those wild places, enjoying those wild places. Like we actually ought to be the biggest advocates for wild places, which if we could just call it that, advocates for wild places and mm-hmm. not environmentalists. Mm-hmm. You know, the the marketing, the stigma, the you know. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, so S- some people are threatened by that. They're sure. like, "This is this is a radical environmental group that's wanting to shut down the whole place." Mm. I mean, and that's not true. No. I mean, I mean, there be from what I've seen from national decisions that have been made, there are some places where things should be shut down, yeah. like the Pebble Mine up in Pebble Alaska, mine, Man, Bay. Shut it down. Yep. I'm I pretty agree. sure Trump said this. Well, I, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Donald, Donald Trump Jr. Was, yeah. was against the Pebble Mine. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know mm-hmm. that. Yep. Uh, but there's other places where BHA would absolutely be like, I mean, talking to Hal Herring, I mean, he's one of the most functional, like, real guys you'll ever talk to. He has a—his he his whole background is in forestry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, he's like, man, we got to cut this timber. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, land use practices that are sustainable, mm-hmm. that are good for wildlife, that are good for the economy, too. Yep. So it's not just this blanket, you know, no. we're at, we're
2: the— I think, if anything, Clay, it's a more holistic approach that we have. Like, we're not against resource extraction. We're not against private land, even. We're not against burning prescribed fire. I mean, we're pro-prescribed fire in
3: parts of the country and against prescribed fire in other parts of the country, purely based on, you know, the forest management plans, the science there that support it. And, right. you know, wherever, wherever the science points us is where we, right. we yeah. want to go, Yeah. we want Because that's what's going to be the best for the wildlife and the habitat.
1: Yeah. It's pretty simple. So that's so it's a real easy narrative for someone to just get turned off. They're just like, yep, BHA is a left-wing radical environmental group. (laughs) And it's just, I I have looked and looked and looked, and I just haven't seen that yet. Well, I wouldn't be working there if it was that. I can promise you that. Well, and I wouldn't have you guys here if it was, I mean, really, I... I've scrutinized over this a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and you know BHA is is one of the fastest growing uh, sportsmen's groups in yeah. the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's become an influential group, and uh, and what I like about BHA is the type of people that are being recruited, yeah, uh, or, or just the type of people that I see that are BHA guys are are uh, they're 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 motivated, they're they're guys that are – a lot of them are even new hunters. Sure. Yeah. Some, yeah. A lot of them are veteran hunters. I mean, yeah. but but some new hunters. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, it's just an energetic, motivated, good group. And and there's there, – you know, all these big groups have great constituencies, you know. Absolutely. National Wild Turkey Federation, Rocky Mountain. El- I mean, all these guys have great groups. But
3: Yeah, and, and, you know, just to kind of touch I have a little bit of notes. But, I mean, you know, we got 40 40- – Thousand plus members, right? Of that, 28% are independents, 23% are republicans, and 6% are libertarians. Okay, we're
1: break that down again. I was listening for the
3: uh, so 28% independent, 23% republican, 6% libertarian, and uh, I forgot to write the democrat number. Whoops, um. But it's like the Democrat number was like like in the twenty percent too. Okay. So, I mean, that's one of the cool things about our membership is like, man, Conspiracy. we are. He yeah. forgot to write the Democrat <laughs> number. I know. I know. Well, that would be a pro. <laughs> I'd be on the side that uh,
1: you just uh, you just washed the whole our whole conversation <laughs> down the tubes by that. I'm oh, kidding. I'm kidding. but
3: it's it's that is to me like kind of the cool thing about our makeup is like we are super super diverse in our yeah. political makeup. Yeah. And and we skew pretty young, you know, like a massive percent. We're 40 and younger, which is yeah. in the conservation world,
2: very rare, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm an old guy for BHA at 46. <laughs> I'm starting to feel my age, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm.
1: Clay, I think, I,
2: I think we could kind of wrap this part of it up just by describing our membership a little bit more. It's m- people who are motivated to learn more about hunting to share that um there's a lot of camaraderie that comes with that yeah i mean we take our knocks for you know another thing that people say is you know all they want to do is get together and drink beer and slap (laughs) each other on the back yeah and i can tell you that um there is definitely occasion for that but i have seen a lot of just what i would what, what i would term uh fraternity with a with a lowercase f just camaraderie and Mm -hmm. and fellowship um sharing of success and however you choose to define what that success is um it's it's not going to be the group for everybody Mm -hmm. but it is it is a a group of people who are interested in action and we make it possible for people to operate Fairly independently, but with support in their local area. So if you live in Paris, Arkansas, and you want to do a cleanup in your area, and and you're a BHA member, man, we will help you out with that. Like We will make connections for you. We'll help you promote it. Um, if you need help with an access issue in your area, we will help you out with that. And that I think is, is where, that's why I'm a part of it is because it's people of action, not to say that other groups aren't also action oriented, yeah. but I think we, we make that accessible for, for people who otherwise don't have access to. Yeah, it. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. we're very
3: much an entrepreneurial kind of organization. That's the cool thing about it. It's not just going to a banquet, you know, signing up and, and a bunch of stuff uh, at the auction, which I love to do, you know. But um, it is, you know, signing up for a, a cleanup. I mean, month of September, we pulled 4,000 bags of trash out of public land. Um, yeah. Just through people going out and organizing people to go out and encouraging them to go out to just pick up trash, whether it was in a organized thing or by themselves. 4,000 bags, man. Yeah. And just like kind of like a little fun thing that we did for a month that's real work yeah um i mean all these different public access battles and all the different states we're in those things don't happen by themselves and it's almost all organized and driven by membership on the ground so if you want to like roll up your sleeves and get dirty and fight for something this is a really fun organization to do it with Um, and you're going to learn a lot about how to kind of fight in those arenas, which I mean, I think James could tell you all about, but, uh, it's, it's a good time, man. We don't just drink beer though. We do drink a lot of beer, a lot.
2: It happens, (laughs) but, but I've also seen it be like, okay, guys, we got to get the work done. Yep. You know, we, we got to go get this done. We're going to hit it hard and, and, um, yeah. And just the sharing of information too. I mean, uh, learning how to hunt, learning how to fish, um, sharing of, you know, sometimes it's sharing of spots, sometimes it's sharing of camp, like come to my camp with me and I'll help you learn how to do something. I do mean, not
3: ask me for a spot. <laughs> <laughs> I will not give it to you.
1: <laughs> Man, Don't you're be so, a public land knucklehead. Uh, no, no, no.
2: I I know. You gotta stay away from that. Some somebody recorded a podcast about that and, and then, then I it, had to write it. And then it an turned article. into a book. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so that's right. That's
1: right. Yeah. No, that's that's uh no, I BHA they they've got a knack for organizing people to, to do work, man. Mm-hmm. They kinda like made it cool to go out and pick up trash on on uh on W and on mm-hmm. public land. And uh, and obviously they're doing you're just doing so much more than that. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, that's great. That's great. Um Josh, are you a white tail hunter? A
3: little bit. I'm I would I wouldn't consider myself a uh expert whitetail hunter but i spent a lot of time in tree stands. yeah yeah absolutely. mainly waterfowl though huh? waterfowl is yeah you know, something that i feel like i call myself a waterfowl hunter in the yeah. sense that i feel like i'm confident when i go out that i know what i'm doing yeah. to some extent right as much as you can in hunting right yeah nothing's ever easy but that is my passion M- mallard for sure.
1: duck top end duck for you
3: uh, I mean, I'm a my favorite's probably teal. Too. Oh, really? Yeah. Early season teal. Uh, I don't early season teal hunt as much. as in the in the s- deeper south. It's you know you're just fighting off snakes and everything, and uh, hunting is
1: kind of sporadic. Y'all but... see that duck over there on the wall? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah, a beautiful. I'm a, duck. Big, I'm a big waterfowler that's the only mallard duck i've ever killed <laughs> that's a
3: beautiful
2: representation I, of one
1: i mounted the only mallard duck i've ever killed
2: clay i'm picking up the only duck i've ever killed in my life i had it mounted and we're picking it up tomorrow <laughs> oh for you yeah mine what, yeah what kind of duck was that wood duck okay which i, I know a lot of people will be like oh a wood duck whatever it was the first duck man, i ever I shot i would mount a wood duck they're, <laughs> They're probably
3: beautiful. the most beautiful. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, man. But I love, uh, I love shooting into teal. I mean, this might be controversial, but my favorite thing to do in the world is shoot ducks. I mean, yeah, and, um, and I feel like that's almost you're not supposed to say that anymore. in Some circles, but why? I don't. That's that. I mean,
2: really, what, it, what's what makes? You... Are you are you single handedly like collapsing the population? Are you doing it illegally? No, no. are you following the rules? I'm or... following
3: the rules. But, and, I mean, I just love it. and um, But teal are so much fun to shoot in, into and they just they taste great. They're fast. They're fast, yeah. Super fast. Yeah, it's fun How to much shoot faster
1: it. is a teal than a mallard? I don't know, three times. Is it really?
3: Three <laughs> yeah. times? <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't think that's actually true.
3: Just the way they come in, man.
2: They're, they're so w- close to you th- when they come in, right? They're a lot. They're, Maybe they're that's what like, it they is. They buzz over you, and they're like, they weren't there, then know. they're there, and then they're gone.
3: Mallards kind of lumber in. They're big ducks. They take their time getting down. Teal, like, they're in and out. You know, and they're oh. just hauling.
2: Hmm.
1: I've never till hunted. We have to change that. Well, I, I'd
2: I'd like to try it sometime. There you go, James. You killed a buck just the other day. I did. Yeah. Yes, with my bow. Man, you're having a great year. I'm having a fantastic year. I feel amazingly blessed this year. <laughs> the freezer is full. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I hadn't really heard much of the story. I mean, well, I was hunting last Saturday. Um, just got out in the stand before. Daybreak, had the usual series of mishaps on my way in got there late haul rope was tangled up and i couldn't get my bow up something was underneath my stand you know i couldn't see it it was still dark um but i finally got settled and you know saw a doe and a fawn moving across where the where were you at this was in missouri That's what I was thinking. this was on private land in missouri yeah, okay. my in-law's place up there so it was bow season up there only. yeah and um, you know, saw a doe and a fawn go across the field, and and I was kind of thinking, I mean, I was wanting meat, so I was thought if they came my way, and then I saw the buck behind them, and I thought, okay, this could happen. And the doe and the fawn kind of circled back behind me, and 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 the buck was right on them. I mean, I saw the buck was on them. I I made a I made the shot that I – I made a bad shot, um, hit it far back. I knew immediately I'd hit it far back. Um, he trotted off about 20 yards, gave me a chance to look at him through my binos, right. and he was hunched up. Um, I knew I hit him in the guts, and I was yeah. just hoping. Yeah, And so – I I was very confident that it was a mortal wound. Right. I had no idea how long it was going to take. I contacted a, a blood tracker immediately mm. um, and got some coaching on what to do. Okay. I left it for eight hours. He got there. We tracked it, um, found it, jumped it still alive, but but in bad shape. And And I eventually, you know, he had to back out with the dog and I had to go back in with the bow and... Eventually, he was able to finish it off. Nice, um, nice. And it was, oh my gosh, Clay! It was a healthy deer. It was it looked a, big. It it I put over fifty pounds of meat away, and the amount of fat that I cut off of that thing, huh? Oh, so much fat. I mm. I mean, as dry as it has been around here, I was not expecting that. But he was healthy, very nice. healthy deer. So, is that your first kill buck? Yep
1: nice congrats yeah, man yeah, very yeah, nice thank you yeah it looked like a big bodied deer it
2: was yeah it was a good sized deer
3: it's been dry this year With up, all, here, up here up here, okay. yeah
2: up here right in this area you get just a little bit south and east of here and they've had way more rain than we have okay uh-huh. yeah pastures are burned up up here my in-laws are talking about having to buy hay and mm-hmm. and worrying about what kind of water now huh. here the last this week it's been wet super you know, wet but uh yeah. before that dry yeah it's been it it
1: In Northwest Arkansas, I can speak to the horn growth of these deer is exceptional compared to the last 10 years. Hmm. Uh, That's my observation, you know, from the deer that I'm seeing and even hearing people talk about, Hmm. yeah, we had incredible horn growth. And that almost always is indicative of a, a good growing season, which I don't know that down here we've been as dry but no I'm, i think've you have more hour, rain down here yeah. i'm an hour well not quite an hour almost an hour mm-hmm. south of you though yep no but you guys have had more rain down here than I think we have. we have i think we have but no the deer the deer are healthy the yeah deer are really healthy you're yep.
3: saying just a minute ago that they're starting to move around
1: starting to see some yeah. riding activity yeah i've i've hunted i've hunted quite a bit in the last uh nine 10 days and just two days ago I saw I saw my first buck, cha- big buck chasing a doe. Now the little deer will mess around with does early, and mm-hmm. I mean, heck, even in early October. Sure, but I mean, a big mature buck that had no business being on his feet unless mm-hmm. that doe was serious, right? And uh, yeah, so two days ago, I saw a buck at three thirty in the afternoon with a doe. Um, and then yesterday, uh, didn't didn't get to hunt, but was driving right through a place that I can hunt and saw one of my target deer with a doe in a field, you know, in, in pouring rain. I mean, it was like a downpour mm-hmm. and there he is standing in a field with his doe and they ran off and he lowered his head and just took after, which man, it's, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Talked to another real good, uh, well, a guy that's been on the podcast, Heath Martin. He told me, uh, that what he's seeing is, more chasing and red activity for this time of year than, than he's seen in a while
2: that's that's what I was telling you I feel like it's just a little bit early to see the kind of chasing because I had another I had a better deer a better buck under my stand after I shot the one that I shot oh
1: really you had a bigger deer come through
2: yep not not huge but bigger than the one that I shot mm. and he was chasing and I watched oh. him chase that doe all over the field oh wow so that was some legit yeah. activity. Yeah. So yeah. are you transitioning
1: now to all day sits or? I I rarely really get the opportunity to sit all day, mm-hmm. just because I, I almost my work is pretty flexible, but I always have something I've got to do. Right. So like tomorrow, I if if something doesn't come up, I'm going to sit all day tomorrow. Gotcha. Um and uh and then Saturday we got some family stuff, but I'm going to hunt morning and evening. Okay you know, in the middle of the day, do some family stuff. Excellent. But, um, yeah, it's time to sit all day if you're going to sit.
2: This weekend is youth season in Missouri. Oh, okay. uh, Youth rifle season. And this October 31st, November 1st timeframe has been a really good time. Are you all going up there? Yeah, yeah. Zach's got some stuff going on during the day on Saturday, but as soon as he gets out of that, you know, I have on my list of things basically get everything ready to Whoop. take off as soon yeah. as he gets home and cool. And uh, yeah, we'll hunt Saturday night, and he'll probably hunt all day Sunday. Yeah. So good, good. Well, um, Josh, is there
1: anything else that we've? You know, we kind of just hit you know some kind of random things inside of BHA. Anything you'd like to say or
3: no, man? This was thoughts? awesome. This is fun. I enjoyed it. It's a great way to end the day. Great. Yeah. Thank
1: you for allowing us to come by. Yeah, man. James? Man, I'm good. You're good. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Right on. Well, keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears go. Absolutely. And that's what BHA is trying to do. Keep the wild places wild. <laughs> they can't steal that tagline. <laughs> <laughs>